This is Gilbert Gottfried, and this is Gilbert Gottfried's amazing, colossal podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Frank Santo Padre, and we're once again recording at Nutmeg. Our guest this week is a singer, actress, comedian, and the greatest and most versatile female impressionist in the history of show business. Stepping on stage for the first time at the tender age of seven, she went on to perform in the Catskills and the world-famous Copacabana, starred in the national tour of Funny Girl, headlined on Broadway and Vegas showrooms, and appeared in popular TV shows like The Love Boat, The Name of the Game, Fantasy Island. She also starred in a show near and dear to the podcast, The Copycats. Variety show appearances include the Dean Martin Show, the Red Skelton Hour, the Jonathan Winter Show, Brilliant, Hullabaloo, Yes, Hollywood Palace. Oh my God. Craft, craft, craft music. Easy for you to say. Did I do the, all of that? The Ed Sullivan Show. Right the here. The Flip Wilson Show. Right here on our stage. And, and Sammy and Company. Yes. In a career spanning over 60 years. That's enough. <laughs> she shared the stage and screen with everyone. Oh, well, oh, well. <laughs> From Jackie Gleason to Phil Silvers to Don Rickles to Johnny Carson to Orson Welles. That was true. Just to name a few. Uh But perhaps her (laughs) single greatest achievement was singing duets (laughs) on the classic recording Moisha Oisha's oh. Hanukkah party. <laughs> How did you get this? Please, please welcome the multi-talented Marilyn Michaels. Wow, I'm exhausted from this introduction. We Not- pride ourselves on our lengthy intros. I would say so. Nah. Hello. <laughs> welcome. You have done your due diligence, we as tried. they say, we Frank Santo you. Padre. You're too sweet. <laughs> now, now, tell talk about the first time we met. Oh, why? <laughs> <laughs> why do, do people want to know that? Sure. Uh, yes, I was watching you. I was at a comedy club, and I don't want to say how long ago. And I was with uh, Charles Jaffe. Yeah, Woody Allen's Woody guy. Allen's guy, and I used to hang out with him. He wanted to get lucky, but it wasn't very appealing. <laughs> so, <laughs> and he said, "This is this young kid who's going to come on. He's he's unbelievable." And and then there were all the comics, and then you came on, and I was I said, "Oh," and you took the the shot glasses and you put it on your eyes and you said. Where's Delancey Street? Something like yes. that. <laughs> I thought, I said, this man is a genius. I don't want to embarrass you. But r- immediately I knew you were a genius. And it was a thrilling night because of that. That's the first time. Yeah. And, and I remember 
after I met you, I went home and said to my mother, I said, I met Marilyn Michaels. What? And and she said, uh, she's related to Moisha Oisha. <laughs> that's the first time. <laughs> that's what she's. Really? And she's the one I heard the name Moisha Oisha from. No kidding. Well, yeah. So tell us who Moisha was. Because well, he had a career of his own. <laughs> his waspish will tell us who Moshe was. <laughs> <laughs> that was my uncle. <laughs> my uncle, he was an uh, iconic uh, cantor, and he was also a movie star right. in, in film. And uh, uh, just he did, he did film. He was a movie star, films of the 30s, you know, these extraordinary. The singing blacksmith. Yes. How do you know that? Now we do a little homework. That's fabulous. I don't know how. Did you train him to do that? <laughs> do you teach him how to speak Yiddish after hours? It's just brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> So I grew up in, you know, kind of my dad sang with the Metropolitan Opera in the chorus of the Met. He was a basso profundo. I spent a lot of time at the Met, and then I would go downtown to the Yiddish Theater and hang around um, and watch my mother perform Fredela Oisher, Shade Edward, Fredela Oisher, and my uncle Moisha Oisher. And that's how I, I started. I started out singing in the choir for my uncle when I was 14 years old and recording. And uh, that's how I got my stage legs. I mm-hmm. was on stage when I was seven years old. Now, the Yiddish Theater, was that around 2nd Avenue? Houston Street? Yes, Downtown? yes, yeah. it was, right. All it, gone. It's gone. I know. I mean, that's where I lived, and it was. There were, must have been about twenty-five theaters all along Second Avenue at that time. So it was. Oh, well, I'm starting to talk like Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> I don't know why that happened. It just happened. <laughs> I was never fat. I was only bloated. Very bloated. I'm so happy to be here. So, they, <laughs> so there were these theaters yeah. that were lined yeah. up all along Second Avenue, and I would, you know, the, my parents wanted to keep me normal. Which, why did they want to do that? So I could only perform on like, you know, Christmas vacation, uh, Hanukkah, Easter. They would take my mother would take me to perform on stage with her, and that's how that's how it started. I wonder if there's any traces of the. Uh, I know the theaters are gone, but you wonder if there's a plaque or anything down there yeah. commemorating. Yeah, there's a deli. History. There's, there's a, deli a deli down deli. there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, who are some of the famous people that came from the Yiddish theater? That's a little too what is it generic. <laughs> Can you be more pinpointed about it? Well, you know there were great people who came from the Yiddish theater. I mean, Paul Muni and. Right. Uh, and that's all I can remember right now. Well, like but, uh, Molly Picard. Well, there Pecan, you go. Sure. Yeah, uh, I think Edward G. Robinson. Yes, and Molly was like an aunt to me. You know, she was she was like my. <laughs> I'm going to cry now. This this is upsetting to me. <laughs> this entire show has already upset it's okay. me. It's <laughs> okay. It's memory lane time. I need a tissue. I'm going to have to talk to my therapist about the whole thing. <laughs> I went to do a thing with Gilbert Gottfried. (laughs) They wanted to know about the old days. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to talk about that. So you would be going back and forth. You'd be spending time with... You sobered right up. With people... (laughs) 
you'd, you'd be spending some time with people like Molly Picon, and then you'd go back to the Met and hang out with Lily Pons yes. and people like that. How do you know that? Well, we're historians here. I'm so impressed. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Herschel Bernardi. Yeah, he's another Herschel one. Herschel Bernardi. Yeah. So Herschel Bernardi. I'm very upset. <laughs> <laughs> you said that that's, that's a disastrous voice for me. That word, Herschel Bernardi. <laughs> yes. My mother would say, I babysat for Herschel Bernardi, don't you see, in my mind. She did. And Herschel Bernardi was a child in Moishe's movie. In one of Moishe's movie, wow. he was the little kid. Wow. <laughs> and Singing in the Dark or one of no, those? No, no. Oh. oh, my God. That was the English language one. What is it with you? Yeah. That's the one with Joey Adams. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's that's Good really, trivia. That's, oh, hello. Yeah. That's major, major trivia uh, about the... Um, at the Yiddish theater and film, and the fact that that was the only English-speaking uh, movie of my uncle Moshe, and he did it with Joey Adams, yeah. and it was one of the first films that was done where they actually went to Germany to film on location. Yeah, I found that fascinating. Yeah. Did you know he made a movie with Joey Adams? No. Yeah, yeah. and Kay Medford was Kay in Medford. it. Kay Medford. Remember her, Gil? Oh, yeah. From the she Dick, played... From the, from the Dean Martin show. Right, and she played... What? Yeah, what she, she was she on the Dean Martin Variety oh, Show. With... She played Barbara Streisand's mother in the film... In Funny Girl. In Funny Girl. And Cindy Adams, the beloved Cindy Adams... Was the kind of the showgirl, you know? She was at that time a gorgeous, gorgeous mm-hmm. woman. So, and then an actor by the name of Lawrence Tierney. I mean, I know you oh, guys. Yes. Oh, yeah, you yeah. know sure. all this stuff. Sure. You know, so they had every all the people who were like bit players were major people. You know, and uh, that was yeah. I have it. I want to show that film to me. And, to and my your son. father? What's your father's name? My father, Harold Sternberg, who was a basso profundo, and he was sang with the Metropolitan Opera with the chorus of the Met for forty years. And um, his extraordinary voice, very deep, very, very deep voice. And he taught me music, and he taught me solfeggio. And he wasn't Italian, but everything was very Italian with my father. <laughs> and, you know, Daddy, you're not Italian. I don't care. We're going to be Italian today. And we're going to learn the solfeggio. Hey, you know, you're going to get it right. So you really grew up in a showbiz family. I mean, on all sides. It looks that way, darling. Yeah. Yes. Isn't it strange? I don't sit around and think about it until I'm in an interview like this, <laughs> where I say, "Oh, wow! How different that was." Can you describe what went on in Yiddish theater? No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's very difficult. <laughs> What went on? I was the same thing that that happened in on Broadway. It will, you know, all of the comedians. I found that as a kid growing up and being backstage all the time and being held in their arms when, before they went on stage, looking at these women. They were brilliant comedians, you know. Uh, Henrietta Jacobson, May Jacobson. The Jacobson family is a long line of great, uh, great performers. Um, well, I'm trying to think of all their names. Oh, they were so great. Uh, uh, Razel Bajek, who ended up doing a, sh- a movie with um, uh, Crossing Delancey. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. Like yeah. Gilbert and I like that film. Yeah. We talked about John Mickland Silver. John Mickland Silver, right. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah, with yes. uh, Steve. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's Peter Rieger. It's Peter Rieger. Peter yeah. Rieger. Yeah. And so, um, the, the girl. Ex, the ex-Mrs. Spielberg. Oh, yes. Amy Irving. Yes, yes. and Amy. It's a good but movie. Razor was movie. brilliant in that. Or anytime they took somebody from the Yiddish stage and they threw them into uh, like a, oh, ah, ah, what's the guy's name? I'm going to be bad with names, you know, the top five-ish. Yeah. Five-ish Finkel, who ended up getting an Emmy Award or whatever, uh, Tony, an Emmy I don't uh, know. For picket to, fences? Yes. Yeah, yeah. God, you're crazy. Well, he, he was in the Yiddish theater, too? I'm Five-ish? so turned on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Marilyn. Mm, oh. How did you... Go ahead, Gil. I'm just saying, you, <laughs> you already imitated oh. uh, Carol Channing's speaking voice. Can you sing anything by Carol Channing? Why would I want to do something? You know, just like three <laughs> lines. Such an annoying like, thing to do. Kiss on the hand, maybe quite cantonin true. But you know who did that? <laughs> Rich, <laughs> Rich Little did that. Yeah, Mario Cantone does a good one too. Mario Cantone, yeah. he does, he does, does that. Yeah. Carol, he's done it on this show. Has isn't yeah. he wonderful? He's brilliant. Oh, I love him so much. You know, I think of all you guys as my babies. I really, I really do. I'm gonna get upset. <laughs> So, Marilyn, (laughs) how did you get from singing? I was telling Gil and Dara, who's here, about your singing career, that Mm -hmm. you you worked with the the famous record producer, Phil Ramone, who produced Paul Simon and Billy Joel. Yeah. How did you go from singing with Mom? And I know we're jumping around. That's all right. Was it the Catskill? I'm trying to get the chronology. Was it the Catskills first and then the recording career? No, actually... It was the recording career. I uh, I was at Music and Art High School, you know, LaGuardia. LaGuardia, yeah. Yeah, I was a music student. And then I, I switched over to the art course because I'm a painter. I'm a fine artist. And Saw um, your paintings, yeah. Yeah, They're did great. you? Thank you. Thank you. But the thing is, um, I... Um, I used to have like a doo-wop group in school at Music and Art, and I was writing songs. So I had my own group of these four guys. They were dangerous people, those four boys. They would, you know, (laughs) they... They they would carve their names into my parents' grand piano. You know, they did bad wow. things. But they were talented. So we went. <laughs> What's a little vandalism <laughs> between friends? My mother would say, look what they did to the antique piano. I said, but mommy, they're so talented. <laughs> making a record together. Oh, it's like so fabulous. I mean, unbelievable. So I took these guys and the songs I wrote and we went into Enola Studios and we recorded one of the songs. And then I took the CD. Uh, the Well, it wasn't a CD at the time. I hate to tell you. It was a little thing that, you know, a little acetate. And I went to the Brill Building and I actually pounded the pavements. I mean, the original story of having pounded the pavements and, hello, I'm a very good singer. Would that's you sign so me cool. to a recording contract? <laughs> that's what happened. Tony I, Orlando was here and he had a similar experience. Oh, he he used really? to go door to door, went to the real building and, yeah. and, and all the and the buildings at Tin yeah, Pan Alley, right. selling I'm, his wares. Exactly. I'm 17 years old. And uh, and I said, yeah, yeah, you're you're good. And they signed me. A guy named Ray Rainwater, who was the brother of Marvin Rainwater. And I started to record Phil Ramone was 
the record producer. And they couldn't afford a, um, a string section. So Phil said, I have an idea. I'm going to play the violin. So he played the violin part. And I said, well, that's one violin. It's like, it sounds a little chintzy. And he dubbed that violin over two more times. And we had a string section. That's great. I think that was the first time that was done. I think that they, that's the first time that they overdubbed that way. So that was, he did my first demo. And I, yeah. And one of your songs was a was a response to a popular hit song to Ray. Was it Ray Peterson's yeah, "Tell Laura I yeah. Love Her"? Well, what happened after that is I I ended up auditioning again for yet another record company, which was RCA Victor, for Hugo and Luigi. You know, in the jungle, the mighty jungle, the lion oh, sleeps tonight. Oh, yeah, they were great, great producers. So I auditioned for them. I was playing the piano, singing, and they gave me this, this you know, uh, gift of being the girl who did the the answer song to Ray Peterson's Tell Laura. Which was I a loved. big song. Yeah. Big song. Yeah. Big song. And so I was recording with RCA. It was, it was a very upsetting but very wonderful time. <laughs> and so you did that for a while. So you were really a singer. I mean, as, as far singer. as you, yeah. you, weren't, you weren't in comedy. No, no, no. I was a singer. And then I had been doing impressions all along. And I, I just slowly... When, sh- when did you first yeah. discover you could do voices? I used to do them in the house, like just throwing them away. I would do... Uh, Put another nickel in the Nickelodeon. It was a Teresa Brewer. Teresa Brewer, yeah, sure. How much is that dog in the window? The one where nobody paid attention to it. Uh, where the boys are, my true love will be. Connie Francis. And there was an, another audition for a guy who ran the Roxy Theater, Roxy Rothafel. I was 14 years old. So they, I auditioned, and, and I sang for him, and he said, do you do impressions? I said, yeah. And so he want, I did impressions for him, and he wanted to sign me, but I was still going to school. So anyway, so <laughs> then I, I did the impressions, and when I started to do club dates, and at that time, it was like a, a comedian. No, no. The show would start off, like in the Catskills, it would start off with a dance team. They, and they were the hardest working of everybody because they would like dance for like five minutes and then <sighs> they would <laughs> they would collapse. They were like dripping wet, you know, <laughs> and they got three dollars to like die, you know. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> and then came the girl singer and that was me. And then the guy who who closed the show was always the comic. I see. Was always the comedian. And I started out, and I got fifty dollars a show. And my and my manager was Harry Adler, who was managing Alan King. Oh wow! That's right. He was something. He took five dollars from every fifty everybody made. He wasn't an idiot. He got very rich on five dollars from everybody. Wow, I like that. Yeah. So then, um, yeah. So I started. It went from fifty dollars to a hundred to seventy-five to a hundred. <laughs> 
when I'm talking about it, I was jumping, pumping, cupboard. And then I wait with him and think Terrific. You know, I just got a flashback. We should do a dueling Jackie Oh, oh yeah. Of you, of you on the copycats. Yes. Oh, yeah. Where they attached you with these giant hands. With like one hand with the thumb sticking up and the other hand with yes. the... Yes. And 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 you were doing your Jackie like oh, all of a sudden this person over here's an expert on this and he's looking at me like <laughs> I think I was looking I was dressed like him pumping and jumping. <laughs> <laughs> because I did my first show in the Catskills with Jackie at the was it the Brickman Hotel? It was one of those hotels. It was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I mean, so funny. Oh, my God. Oh, he's still funny. Unbelievably yeah. funny. So you went from being a singer to being a comic because the comics were headlining? Yeah, I wasn't a comic, and yeah. I wasn't doing any comedy or anything. I was doing impression. I was doing a few impressions, but I could only do a few of them. Um, you know, I maybe I did six, so when I did the, you know, Judy Garland and and uh, Sarah Vaughan. Okay, let's let's. Tonight we are so Back to my lonely heart. So I was doing these people, and maybe six, maybe seven. Judy Garland was my big one, and in doing the impressions, the little com- comic things, uh, characteristics would come out. I started to get the laughs, you know? So here I am, and I'm like killing, I'm singing, I'm screaming, I'm singing high soprano to get them to love me. And then, you know, through the years, I found that they will love me if I make them laugh. It's great. Who needs to, like, lose, you know, your cracks yourself out with the screaming? (laughs) So, (laughs) So, oh, boy, oh, boy. So it that happened very slowly that the comedy and right. then then my mother said there's this new girl Barbara Streisand you can do that so I started to watch Barbara Streisand and I picked that up really quickly and I put that into the act and um, you have to help me and that that was the beginning of doing the impressions right. led to the to the comedy. I'm not a stand up. Right, but I, mean, a, I don't a really singing do singing impressionist is something you don't see. Uh, I don't anymore. Yeah. I mean, if you don't see impressionists anymore. Period. But but you, you were. I mean, you were a, a, an accomplished singer. You don't you don't see impressionists anymore. I mean, the Saturday Night Live. Well, is yeah, that? but it's not. I mean, imp- I mean, standalone impressionists. It, oh. it used to be all the all the people who were on copycats. Yeah. Where they used to go out on stage and go, you know, imagine Humphrey Bogart <laughs> was your waiter. It might go something like this. And they adjust their collar and turn around. Yeah, like, like Gorshin. Frank Gorshin. And, and, yes. and David Fry yes. and people like that. And, and Rich Little. And Rich. Yeah, right. but there are, so there are people who do impressions. I see what but you that, mean. But that impressionist thing went the way of ventriloquism. The last guy I could think of was Danny Gans. The oh, guy yeah. in Vegas. He passed away, but, but he was... This is getting very, very depressing. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> no, no, I understand what you mean. That they, that they did it in a presentational way, yeah. you know, and that that doesn't exist anymore. But things change. I mean, like like variety television is still there. It's just called The Voice, you know. It just changes. It morphs like a kaleidoscope. It morphs into other things, but it, it's the same thing. It's the it's the approach that becomes that becomes different. What However, was, my act is still the same. And, and before <laughs> before I forget, do some Judy Garland. Just just like that? Yes. <laughs> well, I I don't know. You know, it was like, do you want Judy talking? Or it was oh, and I met her. And I was performing in Vegas with Roger Miller. Do you remember Roger? Oh, we Miller? just talked oh, yeah. about him with in the summertime with all my dang me, dang me, dang me. And Roger liked me. He said, "Come on, we're going to go to Judy Garland's party." And I, I was so thrilled because Judy, that's it. I mean, that's it. That was the most iconic, iconic person for me in the world to meet her, and. And it was it was very difficult because it was just the seventies, and she was very fragile. I mean, she was kind of like mm, she wasn't really there. I couldn't really communicate with her. She was there, but not there. She was out of it, and it, it just saddened me tremendously. You didn't do the impression for it. Was she aware that you? Did she wouldn't have known. Oh, interesting. What's that? Oh, what's that? That's nice. I like that. Okay. Mm. Oh, I was born. Oh, oh, the stars have lost their glitter. The winds grow colder, and suddenly you're. Oh God, I'm good. <laughs> oh, because of the man that got away. Ah, oh, Dara likes this. <laughs> That's great. That's enough. Beautiful. Right? <laughs> you like that, huh? Thanks, oh, Frank. That was kind of brilliant. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast after this. And now back to the show. That was that was amazing. We know how to set you up here. Oh, baby. Oh, oh, dear. <laughs> so I, I got to tell, I sent mm, Gil a... Do one of me, Wes. Oh, just... why would I do it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Frankie and Johnny were sweethearts. Oh, Lord, how they could love. Oh. That's what a bit true to which something. You know, I did that with Debbie Reynolds on the Love Boat. I remember that. We were going to ask her about yeah, it. Yeah. Her yeah. May wasn't anywhere near as good as <laughs> Well. I had to tolerate that shit because she wanted to do impressions, too. <laughs> I sent Gil Can a you cl- do Debbie Reynolds? No, I no, can't. And she was felt very upset. She wanted me to be able to do her. Because Julie Andrews said to me, I met Julie. Oh, 
And with Blake Edwards, a charming man. (laughs) 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 And then Julie came. uh, At Westbury, I went to see her, and I went backstage. And she was lovely, and she said, Oh, (laughs) I know that I arrived when you did me, which was such a nice compliment. Wow. Ooh, no. Ooh, no. Ooh. That's enough. (laughs) (laughs) I was saying that I sent Gilbert a clip of you on the Hollywood Palace with Steve Lawrence. Steve Lawrence. Which is a great show. Joan Collins, who said, and I quote, she sounded just like Julie Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) When are you going to do me? We've got to get Joan Collins on this show. Joan that'd Collins. Be a, that'd be a get. But but in this clip, this this the wonderful clip on Hollywood Palace, you, he Steve Lawrence brings you out as all these different singers. Yes. Actually, that was on the copycats. Yeah, it was great. Oh, was, was that the copycats? Yes. It was in black and white. I thought it was a... It, it, was, it, was, it was color. But that it one was, was color. Because I remember Steve Lawrence was a guest on the copycat. Yes, I he think was. he was doing a Humphrey Bogart. Yes. He did a few impressions. But you came out as Teresa Brewer and Patty Page and Rosemary Clooney and Eartha Kitt and, and then and, finally Edie Gourmet. And Diana Ross. And Diana Ross. It's, it's I, I urge our listeners to check it out. It's yeah, on YouTube it's on and worth YouTube. seeing. And, and oh, Barbara Streisand. And Streisand. And the thing that was the thing, I don't know that he was ready for it. I'm going to need a cookie soon, Dara. <laughs> <laughs> got a blood sugar issue. <laughs> I need just an inch for this. Bring me a chocolate cookie. (laughs) Wait a minute. I have a cookie. No, they they have they have jars of stuff. There's all kinds of stuff here. Oh, believe me, they have jars of cookies. Look what I've got. Marilyn is pulling an Oreo out of her out of her snack bar. He's bringing you one. He's bringing you something. It's too late. I prepare my own. Yeah. (laughs) Well, give this woman a Kit Kat. Yeah, you can take one with you. There you go. Now, what was I saying? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The thing is, at the end, I don't know that he knew, that Steve knew. I came out as Edie Gourmet. It's great. It's a great clip. Yeah, he seems genuinely surprised. There you go. He freaked. There's a snack for you. What are you giving me? Oh, wait a minute. You're taking a picture? No, wait. wait. Is that oh, my God. Brits? Oh, hello. Yeah. Yeah. You got choices. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, thank you. you the show is taking a uh, snack oh, break. Oh, absolutely. Oh, this is good. Do you want to take a picture? Go away. (laughs) Well, do this after. (laughs) Oh, and before I forget, um, (laughs) another great comedian who you do a great impersonation of uh, was uh, the late, great Joan Rivers. Uh, Oh, she was so many... uh, Mean. She was very mean to me. Oh, please, oh, come on. <laughs> oh, please. She didn't like me. I mean, no? she was so, yeah. I mean, I've had great relationships with everybody, thank God, in the business, except two people. They say, who are the two people? Who did you be enjoying that? And didn't come It was Joan Rivers. She was very insecure. And Woody Allen. Wow. Oh, you were cut from Zelig too, right? You were you were supposed to be Mae West. Yeah, but yeah, I did Mae West, right? 
He liked that. He was like pasted up. Oh, he couldn't stop looking at it, you know. But that's a whole story, which is in my book. Oh, I got to talk about my book. Yeah, tell us, of, tell us yeah. about yeah, the book. Yeah, because I wrote a book, and it's called How Not to Cook for the Rest of Your Life. So it'll be out in a couple of months, and, and people will be able to get it. And it's all about my lifestyle, which is, you know, ordering up mashed potatoes and jello and like everything. Because I, I don't like to do things like that. I'm not good at... <laughs> but it's also a memoir. It's it, also, there's, it is. There's it also is. some memories and stories. There are a lot and... of mem- memoir aspects okay. to it. Okay. But just see, Joan... Yeah. ...admired her so much. This is a woman who... What a passion to do it. I mean, she was like, you know, like in her 80s and she's schlepping around the thing, schlepping with the, you know, going and doing constant, constant... Ugh, you know, yeah. that kind of work of, ethic, yeah. And the work ethic, and it's sort of like it sort of like puts me off. It's like I understand, I understand it, the need to do it, to perform, to need that constant drip, and yet in a way, it's like, you know, on the on the eighth day, God, you know, rested or something. You know, I mean, she just needed to do it, so she was. I did her show, and then. She interviewed me and everything was okay. And then I said another few words or something later on. And she said, oh, yeah, really? Sure. Like, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget to follow us on our Facebook page, Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast, on Twitter at RealGilbertACP, and on Instagram. Gilbert Podfried. You see, it's kind of a pun on the last name. Yeah, skip it. Also, visit our terrific new website, GilbertPodcast.com, for the latest news episodes, synopsis, behind-the-scenes photos, and videos, and other cool stuff. And if you like the show... And you know you do. Please rate and review us on iTunes. Can't you see we're starved for affection? For the love of God! Could you tell us, as we started to... Aren't you going to do anything here? <laughs> he does a little. <laughs> that... We get to Wait, that. Isn't this your show? Yeah, the show <laughs> The Copycats. <laughs> Yeah, let's talk tell about us, the copycats. Tell us the impressionist on the copycats. Oh, Fred Travellina, my dear friend. Sure. I miss desperately. Rich Little. Rich Little. And Gorshin. The great yeah. Frank Gorshin. Frank Gorshin. Um, oh, and George Kirby. Kirby, thank you. Yeah, the late George Kirby. What can you tell us about them, about George? Yeah, George, I heard, mm. was had a strange... Well, he had a drug problem. What do you want to know, darling? What? What do you want to do? Okay. Do I... you want me to do Zaza or Ava or both of them? <laughs> <laughs> because it is absolutely, I can tell you everything you want to know. But you have to ask me that, not the, the genetic questions I can do. Okay. Any. I remember George Kirby, he was arrested at one yeah, point. Yeah, selling heroin. 
Yes, and yeah. then he came back, and when he started performing, <laughs> he had a new character called Mr. Heroin. That's right. I'm Mr. Heroin. No matter who you are, I take control of you because I'm Mr. Heroin. A little Sidney Greenstreet yes, and Mr. Heroin. Yes, he did. He did Sidney Greenstreet, that's yeah. true. We used to do the, the copycat theater where we did all the... The movies, the one-minute theater of Betty Davis and... Um, oh, God, I remember that. Casablanca. And, right. and I did Ingrid Bergman. And then Rich Little called me and he said that um, the girl from... One Flew Always the Cuckoo's Nest, the actress, what's Louise her name? Louise Fletcher. Louise Fletcher wanted help, bitch. She wanted <laughs> help from me to do Ingrid Bergman? I taught her how to do it. <laughs> I taught her how to do Ingrid Bergman. I taught her. She didn't give me any money, nothing. <laughs> wow. Interesting. I'm going to ask for money for... Now, now uh, can we hear your Ingrid Bergman? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why should she work that hard for you? All right, we're going to try something fun. Well, see, the point of... of when actresses came over from Sweden or Germany, yeah, they didn't know how to speak, you know, they were going to be, you know, German or yeah, or the Swedish and whatever the is that they were going to do and, and you know, and lachen, schwachen, They came over and they had to teach them to speak for MGM or Paramount or Universe, whatever, Warner Brothers. How are they going to do this? I had to figure out how to do it so that she would get the part in The Cheap Detective. So she was talking like that because she comes from the Midwest. And how was I going to turn her into uh, Ingrid Bergman? So I said, first of all, they came over from uh, Germany or Sweden. They had to speak very slowly. So they taught them to speak slowly. The first thing you need to do is slow up every single sentence. You don't never hear Ingrid Bergen saying, oh, I just can't wait to get out of here. You don't hear her talk that way. Everything is very slow up because they learn to talk slowly. That was part. The second, there were three things, only three things I told her. I said the second thing was that they had to end the consonants because... When, you know, our, we have lazy tongues in this country and we talk like this and, you know, we talk, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to, and I'm going here. It's all consonants like Patty Lupone, you know. Everything is, a, is, a, is a, a vowel, rather. They had to be the ends of P, E, T, all those ends. Um, it's constant, you know. The ends, the the last consonant so slowly, the consonants, and the last thing was to roll your R's. So no matter what country you came from, the tip of the tongue at the, you're bored with this? The tip no. of the tongue no, interesting. at the no. top of your palate had to be a ra 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 So it wasn't, oh, Rick, oh, Rick. It was Rick, Rick. And there was that little... So I had to work with her, and she didn't give me any money for telling her all these things. <laughs> so you were an unpaid coach on the Chief Yes, Detective. but it was nice. Yeah. So I said, oh, Rick, Rick, play it, Sam, 
play as time goes by. And it was very, very slow with consonants. That was the thing. Now I have to rent the cheap detective and oh see, my see God, how Louise yeah. Fletcher does it. So go Burton. rent it, and you're going to see that she got it because she went in there. Because she looked the part. She was tall. She was, you know, uh, she she had blue eyes. She had the look, you know. But she then she can't go in there and talk like that. And, you know, they expect to be... Uh, right. So, oh, Rick, oh, Rick, play it, Sam. Play for... Play... As time goes by, it's like they're reading, you know. That's it. It's I. I remember, like with the copycats, it's like, well, Rich Little. Anyone who does Johnny Carson mm-hmm. is imitating Rich Little's Johnny Carson. It's just like if you do Kirk Douglas or Burt Lancaster. You're it's doing Frank, Frank Gorshin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're brilliant. They're just, just brilliant. It was There's so great. Great clip of you and Gorshin too on YouTube, and you're doing um, yes. Judy, and he's doing Jolson. Yes, isn't and it's that terrific. isn't that something? It's terrific. I uh, I was grateful that I had the chance to do that. But the thing is, I went into Copycats when we first did it in in uh, uh, Canada, and I only had there was a, a blackboard, and everybody had. I had only five or six, or six you know, uh, ladies. And I figured if I want to be in the show, I'm going to have to work on uh, on characters. So I started to add add characters as we went along. So I would get into the show, you know. And sometimes you'd sing like a hit song that was on the charts. Like you, there's one of you doing uh, Rose Garden as Lynn Anderson. Yeah. 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 Well, I, can, I can't remember all the, all the characters. And the show didn't even last that long. I mean, we Gilbert and I have such fond memories of it. I remember they wanted me to do Edith Bunker. Okay, well, oh, yeah. this was like, the, you know. And I was we were in London, and uh, your motor's going, darling. <laughs> we were in London, and I really had no idea. So everyone would come up to me and say, oh, Archie. Oh, Archie. Oh. And with everybody telling me their rendition of, uh, of that wonderful lady, I, I finally kind of got it. But it was years later that it got better, that the impression would get better. Or, or Rich would want me to do uh, George Gracie Allen. I couldn't do it. And I had to kind of fake it. And then all of a sudden, last night, <laughs> I said, well, George. And it was right. That's great. <laughs> I said, last oh, night. shit. <laughs> last night, I got Gracie Allen. No one Cares. <laughs> can can we get you to do it? Can we, Gracie? Um, that's good. Well, George, I really think I have to go shopping today, George. Well, what, what are you What are you buying? I just anything I can put on my tits, George. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't do that at all when we were doing the copy. Yeah. Now, now you say yeah, 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 yeah. You put in a small roast and then and a big roast at the same time. That's pretty good. <laughs> but it's not great. <laughs> you, you want to try something, Marilyn? What do you so want me to do? Is, is do you want little, me to reach? Well, this is a little thing. Gilbert's going to do it with you. Really? This is, this is What's Dolly? Yes. What's this, Dolly? This is, this is from Hello, Dolly. And this is, you would be reading, you would be doing it as Streisand, and Gilbert, you would be playing the Walter Matthau part. Oh, okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So let's oh, give it, I let's, love things Let's give like it a shot. Okay. 
As Streisand, you sure? Yeah. You sure you don't want it as Bette Midler? You know, no, she's going to be doing Dolly. Well it's, it's, well, it's for the purposes of the movie scene. We're just trying to recreate that. Okay. Yeah, let's see what it sounds like. Cold reading, okay. everybody. <laughs> Go ahead, Gil. My age. My age. You're always talking about my age. Yeah, I don't even know your whichever ages. Huh. But I, I know, like, with bad food and a bad temper, you double, double it in six months. That's sit down. Horace. We need to talk about something else. However, however, Horace, before we change the subject, there's one more thing I am going to say. I don't want to hear it. You're wasting your time, Dolly Levy. I have no intention of asking you to marry me. Ah, I suppose that means you want me to ask you. Well, I am sorry, Horace. I am turning you down. What is she doing here? (laughs) (laughs) How can you turn me down when I haven't even asked anything? It's no use arguing. No, I made up your mind here. Let me cut your wings. I don't want my wings cut. No man does, Horace. No man does. (laughs) I got a headache. I'm leaving. What else is no? (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly the scene from the movie. Oh, is it really? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yep, for another short one? It would have been nice if yeah. you'd shown this to me before. <laughs> well, that was cold reading. Oh, oh, my God. You guys are pros. Oh, Here's well, that'd be one. interesting. It'll be here. It'll be interesting to see how Bette Midler does that. Oh, my dear. It's no use arguing, Horace. I made up your mind. Here, let me cut your wing. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, too. Here's another one, Mary. Another okay. one? Sure. As who? Yeah. Well, I was thinking for this one that... <sighs> What did I write on the top of that one? Peter Laurie. Gilbert, you could do Peter Laurie. Yes. <laughs> Mary? Who's Mary? What's it say at the top? How about... Oh, Who Dr. Ruth. And Dr. Ruth. Oh, really? Yeah. This is a scene from It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, okay. okay. We're, we're bringing back the copycats. All right. Me, Hatch, Rand Ruth, did you ever marry a guy like me? Yes, to keep from being an old maid. You could have made Sam Wainwright or anybody else in this town. But I didn't want to marry anybody else in town. I want my baby to look like you. <laughs> you didn't even have a honeymoon. I promised you. <laughs> you what? My baby. You're back. Me! You hunt the nest! George Bailey Lasso Stork, right? That's right. Very sexual. Lasso's a stork! That's right. What do you. You mean. What is it? A boy or a girl? Mm-hmm. Probably both. <laughs> <laughs> When you have two great mimics in the room together, you have to do something like that. You have to you have to seize All the right, moment. If that's what you want. That was wonderful. <laughs> that was very annoying actually. <laughs> now I remember on the copycat you had Ron Moody on. Yes, he was on, wasn't he? And From I Oliver. remember him doing a great Groucho Marx imitation. Yeah, that's the most ridiculous thing I ever <laughs> Tell us, the, tell us the advice that the uh, situation. Tell us the advice that Jack Benny gave you. 
Oh my! Because I've heard you say it was it was kind of a turning point. It was uh, quite a thrill, and I had been called out. This is at the very beginning of my career, and I was called out to fill in for someone on the Ed Sullivan show out in Reno, Nevada at Harris. And, uh, well, everybody would come in to see that show. I mean, I was a hit, and then all these people would come in. And then one night, and they said, oh, this man is standing outside, and he wants to know if he can come in and see you. I said, who is it? And they said, Jack Benny. So, of course, I absolutely, you know, how more iconic can you get than Jack Benny? Um, so he came into the room, and and he he was very flattering, but he said, you know, <laughs> and I don't do it, Jack Benny, the way <laughs> like you know, little um, Woody Allen, maybe just the touch, you know. <laughs> but uh, you know, he he told me that I should always say who I'm doing, never leave it to the audience to guess. Uh, who it is, because I would do Barbara Streisand, and then after that, someone would say, do Barbara Streisand! (laughs) (laughs) I like that. What did Streisand think of your impression? Oh, she wasn't thrilled about it, because I was, you know, George Slaughter, who was... He did the show. Yeah, George Slaughter was the producer of Laugh-It. We had him here. Oh, you you did? we did, we did. He was the one... Who took we took I was auditioning for him about something and he took me into the back room and I thought, I'm gonna get lucky. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna happen for me. My virgin days are over. This was at the beginning. <laughs> but that wasn't it at all. <laughs> what he did was I don't know I remember I was sitting down, he was sitting at the desk. And he said, you know, you do the Barbara Streisand thing. I said, yeah. And he said, I want you to follow my finger <laughs> with your your left eye. <laughs> and he started, I followed my, but only with your left eye. So I followed his finger with my left eye until it came, it looked like Barbara Streisand had a lazy eye, Cause, which she doesn't, but at some point. It it looked a little bit on camera like she, you know, that was cross-eyed. But I don't know why people laughed. Sometimes, you know, now that she controls every aspect of what is shown and, sure. you know, everything, she's always photographed perfect. Well, my wife and I were watching the clips, and one of the things that's impressive about it that's is that exciting. you sing. Yeah, we have, a, we have an exciting... We have an exciting life. He's fascinated <laughs> with me. Look at his face. <laughs> but you have to sing like Streisand to pull off the impression. You well, have to do a representative rough, version. Well, that's too. It's impressive that you had the pipes. Thank you. Thank you very now, much. Now, can we name just names, showbiz names? Oh, yes. And, can I have well, some like water we, before we, we get into all this? Did, did you ever meet Groucho? No. Never no. worked with him, never met one. Ne- never met him. Mm-mm. Okay. Jackie Gleason. Oh, yes. Oh, God. I did the Jackie Gleason show. Uh, I'd want to say it was, it was in uh, Florida. I met him just as, be- just, he was about to go on stage doing a Honeymooners. I had just done this big number. And he looked at me and he said, our numbers just went up. Oh. <laughs> 
I'm very verklempt. <laughs> This is destroying me. Okay. Going back and thinking G- about all these oh, people. Oh, God. Jerry Lewis. Oh, Jerry Lewis. I'm still in love with Jerry Lewis, and I just did that wonderful... 90th birthday party for him at the Friars with everybody. And actually, I did it with my son, Mark, who was also an impressionist and a pianist and a comedy writer. How did this happen? <laughs> it's in the DNA. Yeah, and we did this thing. Oh, so Jerry Lewis was nice to you. you Jerry him? Lewis was more than nice to me. He was like, hello. <laughs> uh, he, do you want to come up to my room and... and you know, and I never did that. I never did that when I worked because it was not a smart thing to do. And he's such an people don't realize what an incredibly attractive, sexy man Jerry was. The old hey, old lady, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he was so flattering because I was all done up. I was glamorous and I was wearing bunny slippers. And he looked at me. He said, what is it with you? You can be this. You can be that. You can be a princess. You can be a cripple. You can be anything you want to be. He really got it. What a line. And and his ex-partner, uh, Dean Martin. Dean Martin. Oh, wow. So I did the Dean Martin show. And... Uh, <sighs> There's just nothing like that level of uh, excitement. The the I know it sounds so corny, but the thrill of working with uh, uh, a Lansman, somebody who is uh, <laughs> you must have been a kid. I mean, it's like one of the first things on your, uh, on, well, your on your resume. Well, yeah, I guess it was 20s. when I did Funny Girl, and yeah. uh, so I guess I was I was a uh, you know 23. And I, was, I did the Jonathan Winter show, and a few years later, after great, a genius, the greatest genius, and I did Red Skelton, and I did Dean, and uh, that was quite, quite a moment. And Dean never rehearsed? No. He just, so when you saw him up there messing up the lines and looking confused... That was actually real. Yeah, you know, he was so hot, he was so worshipped, and he was so good. And he knew that the best things happen impromptu. And everybody had to know that you had to know the stuff really well so you could carry it if you had to. But he knew what was going on. He knew what was. And um, Orson Welles. Oh. Oh, God. So I was standing there, and Orson was on the on the set of the Copycats. I was dressed dressed as uh, Mae West. <laughs> I love this story already. Mae West. <laughs> How could it be bad? And it was a tribute to Anthony Newley. Who can I turn to when nobody needs me? Mm. And he's sitting there, and Gary Smith. The great Gary Smith and Dwight Hemian, who did all Barbra Streisand's uh, sure, special. And they went, Gary went over to Orson and he said, Orson, he said, you got to, he was like saying complimentary things about me, hello. And so then he came, Gary came over to me and he said, and I was in the makeup in the whole getup of the Mae West thing, which I did all these uh, makeups myself. And he said, I want you to, and the, and the music was piped in the way Frank just did the Garland yeah. thing. And he said, I want you to do, I want you to do Judy Garland right now for Orson Welles, you know? I said, right in the makeup of it? So I just did it. 
you know, though I am doing this stuff for you now. And Orson, you know, he, I don't know, maybe he weighed, you know, 500 pounds or something. He jumped out of the seat. (laughs) (laughs) He was just completely, I was just, you know, just doing the Judy thing. With you, I could turn to, with you on a new day. He didn't expect it. And he was just, didn't, didn't know what hit him. It was a great thrill of my life that moment. I would imagine. Because I knew that he loved and revered Judy Garland. I'm going to get emotional again. And Joan Crawford. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, so I was doing a thing for Pepsi-Cola uh, in the Shoreham in Washington and uh, with my then husband, husband number one. Husband number one, will you stand up and take... <laughs> A bow. <laughs> husband number one. <laughs> oh, she's doing Warner uh, Owens. Husband number one. <laughs> I love it. So Joan was, we were at the cocktail party and she was so, char- oh, she was v- very charming. And, and then I did the show. I did the show and I was a hit. And I mean, Joan was sitting on the dais, and they were going to announce all her credits. So one of the corporate guys, and I looked at her, and it meant so much to her, Gilbert. It meant everything to her. She was so nervous that they get it right. And I watched that in action, how important it was to her. And then they said, the great Joan Crawford, she's done this, you've got to ask her. But I performed, and on my applause, she completely lost it. She, she ran up on the stage on my last note. She grabbed me by the hand and ran me around the ballroom. She got into the act, sort of, you know. She got herself into the act. And... I was, it was very heady for me, but I understood her need to be a part of it. That's great. And, and uh, Don Rickles. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I spent many years opening a show for Don. And, in, in Vegas? Uh, in Las Vegas, yeah. yeah. And uh, he's a great master. I think that, you know, working with Don and working with Alan King, and it... Um, it was my training ground to do whatever it is I do. Because, oh, they were just so brilliant at it, so loose. It's the looseness. It's the courage of being, of being loose that makes it happen. Did you work with Phil Silvers in Vegas, too? Yeah. yeah. Early on? That was the very first time. What was Phil Silvers like to work with? He lost his contact lenses. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. He is very horny. <laughs> Phil Silvers. The comedians are highly sexed. They are highly sexed, right? <laughs> he lost his contact lenses. And I went into his dressing room at one time. We had dressing rooms on opposite sides of the stage. And I went in there and he was on he was on his knees. I said, what happened? I lost my contact lenses. So I, I'll never forget that. I, I found it very funny. He didn't find it funny, but I did. 
And then we were in, I was doing two shows a night in Las Vegas. No days off. Do not relax. Do not pass. Do not collect $200. It was a very tough time. And, um, and he, he was, what a great pro to work with. And then he came into my dressing room one time and he decided he was going to make his move and he sent me flowers. Wow. I came in and he just took me around and kissed me on the lips. And then he left the room. And that was it. Wow. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> well, well, you you wanted me to be forthcoming. Yeah. So 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 what? Eventually, did, wow. did you say anything to him afterwards? No, <laughs> words weren't necessary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Marilyn is on the floor yes, of the studio. She's oh. on her back. Down We never had a guest that was uh, that made out with Phil Silver. Still, this is the first. This almost over. Yeah, wait a couple of minutes. Yeah, <laughs> a few minutes, and we'll let like what? Chinese water torch. What? What other famous people have kissed you or gone All further? Right. <laughs> this is a whole other episode. This is the most exciting thing <laughs> that's happened to me in years. <laughs> Uh, I was where hi Dara. <laughs> I was working oh no, I was doing funny girl. Okay. I was gonna follow Danny Kay. Uh oh. He was gonna follow me into the theater in the round in in uh where was it? Where they sell the Spanish food. <laughs> <laughs> Colorado, Mexico. Arizona. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Arizona. I'm getting tired. Okay. <laughs> Do you know where the lens is? So they said, Danny Kay was in the audience tonight. Oh, God. Can he come back? Can he come in? So Danny Kay came into the dressing room. And he took me in his arms. <laughs> wow. And he kissed me on the lips. And then he left. <laughs> well, there's a lot of that but going I, on. I heard Danny <laughs> Kay was a big part in the expression, Fagelot. All I know is he came into yeah. the dressing room. Here's what I heard. He we took me in his arms and he kissed me. Passionately on the lips. How do they leave? Orson Welles <laughs> was coming, flying in. Lawrence Olivier. Not you Lawrence told, Olivier. You told the story I, so many I've times. Given, I've told it so Unfortunately, many times. Unfortunately, Lawrence Olivier did not totally. kiss me on the lips. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. This is like I would have liked it. This is like Rita Hayward. Don't take pictures. Okay, look. I'm Ava Gardner. What? Lawrence Olivier was flying in somewhere, and. Danny Kay dressed up as a security guard at the airport, and he uh, spoke in a French accent with a mustache and everything, <laughs> and made Lawrence Olivier undress. And Danny Kay was sticking his fingers into Lawrence Olivier's asshole. 
and uh, and that the two of them were quite fond of each other that way. I knew that eventually you would become part of the show yeah. today. Now. <laughs> <laughs> now, I found out recently. Yes. That much like Danny Thomas. <laughs> it's not that, a long enough show. That I heard someone told me it was also believed that Lawrence Olivier and Danny Kay used to shit on each other. How lovely. <laughs> Did they really? How nice for them. I was waiting yes, for Davis. this moment. Really. Do you have a cigarette? <laughs> I always need to smoke when I hear this story. Oh, I need to hear you say this line. Uh, in, in reference to, I can't do Joan Crawford, but you couldn't do this if I wasn't in this chair. And now do the Betty Davis. What? Okay. Oh, in, he's doing uh, uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Blanche. Yeah. Yes, you are in the chair, Blanche. You're in the chair, Blanche. You're in the chair. Did you hear of any weird sex things that other Is that what you wanted me to do yes. all along? Well, you asked for me to participate. Hour, and I don't have any weird yes. sex stories. Yes. I try not to do that sort yeah. of thing. Because I know that when I leave this room, darling, then you're going to want somebody to tell you weird sex stories about me. Well, now did Ed Sullivan ever shit on you? <laughs> or, or piss? Did you like Sullivan? Did you like yes, him personally? I loved him. You did a lot of Ed Sullivan shows. I, I loved no, him. I loved him. He was good to me. He was good to my family. He's a you know, nice guy. Except that he did. Did you do the Sullivan show, no, baby? No. You came later. You're too young. <laughs> he would stand on stage while you were performing. He would stand there, you know, like he needed to be a part of it. It was so distracting. Like he was breathing down your neck. He was just closer to me than, than you are right now, Gil. But other than that, you liked him. Yeah. John Biner said he liked him, too. I did the last Sullivan on Broadway with Ethel Merman, who, when we had the camera blocking run through, spoke to the... (laughs) And who's there? What Gwen Verdon and Julie Harrison were all standing there, and they're going to block her. And you know they make you do it again and again for whatever reason, for no reason at all. And she looked at the looked at them up in the booth, and she said, "Okay, you get one shot at it. That's it. To get it when you can." <gasps> what? Oh my God! Wow! Wow! She had balls. I'm unbe- poor Ernest Borgnine. Well, she- they were, <laughs> they weren't married that long. Oh, no, oh, my <laughs> that lasted God. about a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. a little, a little is, longer than that, but not much. But she had a great and power. Didn't. Uh, didn't he get really sick at one point, and then she just walked out on him? I don't him? know. I don't know. I don't I, think they stayed together long okay. enough for can, him to get sick. Can you do a Gilbert Gottfried imitation? I've been doing it for an hour. What the <laughs> hell do you... <laughs> I do it in my sleep. Let's 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 get this this lady. Okay. <laughs> Let her get on with I her life. I know that next time I She's come working here, hard. I'm going yeah. to have to come with sex stories. Oh, please. That's all right. It's disgusting. It's okay. <laughs>
You God. asked him to participate in the show and, and at your own risk. Well, now I see. What yeah. it, <laughs> tell, us, tell us about the book again, yes. Marilyn. And, the book and, is called How Not to Cook for the Rest of Your Life. And, um, Are you it's, doing it, it with your son? Yeah, my son wrote. He, I say he wrote all the funny lines. Mark Wilk. Mark Wilk. And he's also terrific impressionist. When he's on YouTube, you can see his some of his impressions okay. on YouTube. Mark the, Wilk, the, W-I-L-K. Oh, the brilliant Woody Allen and De Niro and Dustin Hoffman. And, oh, unbelievable. And I just... He's someone to have on the show because he does these great impressions, just incredible. I still don't know how it happened, but he he does them. And great. where can people find your paintings? Because and uh, my painting, well, they can look at marilynmichaels.com okay. and and they'll see stuff on there, or just put my name in, and on all this stuff comes up, including this this show here, this podcast where. I'm still trying to figure out something sexual for you. <laughs> okay. What? Something. What? No, I was. I was. Do ask- we have a? Is there a request or something? No, I was asking Frankie if he wanted to put another piece of music in your ears. I would be curious to see how you responded. Oh, it depends upon what kind of music he's putting in my ear. Let's see what he's got. <laughs> C'est si bon. Mm, so they say it in French. Like the French people do. <laughs> because it's oh, so cold. I don't think anybody recognizes her. C'est si bon. Eartha Kitt, uh, of course. God, that was good. <laughs> yeah, it was damn good. It's just amazing. Damn good. Wow, he knows. This is like he knows my stuff. Oh, fabulous. Wow. Next time we'll have to plan yes, more of this. We will. You You've know? worked hard and we appreciate yes. it. I did. Maryland. So, are you going to send me any money yes. at all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, to wrap up, you know, I'm Gilbert Gottfried. Some this snacks. has been Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal <laughs> podcast with my co-host Frank Santo Padre and our engineer Frank Verderosa. Thank you, Frankie. Nutmeg, and we've been talking. To the niece of Moisha Oisha. That is true, baby. <laughs> and the very talented and very versatile. Marilyn uh, And Michaels. very game for anything. Yeah. Marilyn Michaels. Yeah. You're a trooper. Oh, thank you, darling. We well, this was, you know, so much fun. My God. We never asked you about Sammy. Sammy, oh. Who was oh. also a champion of yours we'll early on. We'll leave this for the next time. Okay. He okay. was really my mentor, Sammy yeah. Davis Jr. Yeah. Oh. Now you tell us. Now I do tell <laughs> What the fuck? I told you you would have to. You wasted the whole interview. The whole thing went down and the toilet. And now as you're walking out. It was useless yeah, yeah, the whole yeah, hour. Yeah, it's, it's like saying, oh, by the way, I shot Kennedy. And it's like... <laughs> Uh, Marilyn, thank you. Yes, we love you.